Hey, you guys, and welcome back to the Better Board Games podcast. My name is McKay Anderson. Normally, I'm joined here with Evan from Being Friends, and he is not available today. And so I'm going to do a mini episode with just me. So there's not going to be the normal back and forth awesome repertoire that you're used to. But hopefully there is still something of value here for you today. I thought for a while what I might want to do for a solo episode like this, and I, in a previous episode, we talked about love lists, and I mentioned that going through high school, I kept a love list, and I still keep a variety of lists. I don't know why. It's one of those weird uh, semi-autistic behaviors that I have, but one list that I haven't kept, but one that I think I'll start is moments in board games that I love. I of course have a list of board games that have made kind of my wall of fame. However, I have neglected to have a list of board games that highlight the moments in a game that really speak to me. There are these moments in each board game that just kind of feel familiar. Each time you play the game, It's a turn of the game, an evolution in how the game paces, something that is just this sweet moment that you can really rely on the game providing. And so I wanted to create a list of those things that I love about board games. I've heard a lot of podcasts talk about epic gaming moments where they go through kind of the situation that was set up by the game and why it was so epic. I find them a little bit unrelatable because I was not there. I don't know the people and the circumstances and everything like that, that it's really kind of hard to relate to those. However, I figured I could start listing these moments in games that we all probably experience and that all of us can just kind of sigh a breath of relief and think, yeah, that is a great moment in that game. And that's One of the things that is so beautiful about board games is you have these kind of repeatable experiences that you can build. So what I hope you get out of this episode is to remember your love of some of the moments of these board games. Maybe you haven't played one of these board games in a long time, but hopefully going through them will help you realize some of the moments in board games that really make you kind of stop and fall in love with board games all over again. So I chose 10 to start out with. Like I said, this is definitely going to be more of a mini episode. However, I hope that in these 10 games, you can find something in there that reminds you why you love board games. Let's go ahead and start off with number one. One moment in a board game that I love is the end of Santorini. I don't love the game Santorini, so the end of it is kind of a sigh of relief that it's over, but there is a real moment there that I love. Um, It's just looking at the board. You started with just kind of this flat platform where there's nothing, and then you build up these little plastic pieces that are just beautiful at the end. And you've constructed this city and whether you're victorious or not, there's this moment that I've found in Santorini where both players will just look at the board and just kind of in silence, just like, wow, we built that. And I don't know, it's a beautiful moment that I love from Santorini. 
Second is the last two turns that you take in Railroad Inc. Railroad Inc. is a roll and write game where you're constructing railroads and highways to connect different exits. And the way the game is structured is that there's never really enough time to connect everything. I mean, it happens every once in a while, but it's very rare. The last two turns, you've kind of put aside your foolish notions of, I'm going to just do everything I want to do. And you're really getting down to the brass tacks of, what can I accomplish? You're evaluating everywhere you could place the die and how many points that will get you and weighing it against all your different options. It's a beautiful time in the game where you can just kind of get real and just dial into how much can I actually accomplish in the time that is allotted me uh, in the game. So I love the last two turns of Railroad Inc. Third, I love the middle of Eon's End. Eon's End is a cooperative game where you fight a nemesis, attempting to uh, reduce their life or some other victory condition. There's always a moment in the middle of Eon's End. It starts out feeling pretty comfortable, and then toward the middle, before you've really gotten your own personal engine going, there's this middle area where all of a sudden the nemesis kind of hits their stride, and you don't know if you're actually going to be able to figure it out. There's a little bit of depression that comes with it where it's like, oh man, I don't know if we're going to pull this off. And then there's this like surge of hope that it's just like, yeah, we can do it. And everybody kind of rallies and it's like, all right, reevaluating what is our path to victory here. And I just find it beautiful, this moment of coming together and realizing that like, yes, the odds are bad, but we can do this. So the middle of Eon's End, that kind of turn where it gets a little bit more intense and you really have to evaluate whether your strategy is working. Four is Magic the Gathering. Um, in Magic the Gathering, it's a two-player competitive card game and there's a pretty typical moment where they play their big move, their big card that they have in their deck, kind of that moment where it's like, if I don't do something now, I probably won't recover from this. A lot of times you have that card in your hand and that's all well and good, but a lot of times you don't. And you start thinking back through the cards in your deck, kind of evaluating how many of them you've seen and identifying which cards could save you in that moment. Every once in a while, you can mentally identify two or three cards that it's like, okay, if I get that card, then I'm still in this game. Drawing that card that you just identified in your mind the next turn is a beautiful moment. It doesn't happen all the time, and it's not even really consistent, but when it happens, you're sitting there panicking, wondering how in the world you can come back from this. You identify one card in your mind and then you draw it. It is like this sequence of events that's serendipitous and beautiful. I love that moment in Magic the Gathering. In Seven Wonders, you have three ages. So number five, my fifth one of this list of ten, is the moment in Seven Wonders when you head into the third age. Now, all of the resources that you can gather happen in ages one and two, and resources are what you use to construct certain cards. If you go into round three not feeling confident in the resources that you have available, it can be a painful last round. You see all of these cards passing you by and you just know you can't get any of them. However, 
the moment that I love is going into the third round knowing you have access to whatever resources you need. A lot of times that means that you're probably not going to do great because you've probably spent too much time getting resources and not enough time getting points. However, it is a wonderful feeling, even if you're going to lose, to go into that last round knowing like whatever awesome card comes up or whatever I see, I can get it. And it's just a great feeling. So number six of board game moments that I love is in Clank. In Clank, you are racing against the other players to get a valuable artifact out of a dungeon or out of a spaceship and get it out of there before you are destroyed by whatever powerful being exists. Usually it's the dragon, right? And so in Clank, there is always a moment you've picked up your artifact, you're headed out, you're usually pretty low on life, and you're you draw your cards, it's a deck builder, so you draw your hand of cards and you have enough movement to get out of the dungeon and you know that you've done it. And that moment is just so sweet because sometimes you can draw cards and not get any movement at all and you can just be sitting there right next to the exit unable to pull yourself out. And the moment when you draw the cards, you have your artifact, you know it's just like this all of a sudden you can see your last turn. You know exactly what's going to happen. You know the game is over. You know you've done your best and that you can just kind of walk out with your head held high. It's just a great moment. You know you're not gonna be left in the dungeon to die. And I don't know, I love that moment in Clank when you can just see the end of the tunnel and you can just relax. <laughs> Clank is kind of a stressful game, but I love it so much. Um, if you've ever played Hive, Hive is a very chess-like game for two players. Uh, you have these little hexagon tiles that you're moving around trying to surround the other player's queen bee. There is usually a moment in Hive when you realize, when I guess both of you realize, that the queen bee can't move and that you're a couple turns away from winning. And it always boils down to, okay, we know there aren't very many turns left, which one of us is going to get there first and it's just a good mo I mean it's a good moment if you're on the winning side if you're on the losing side it's kind of a horrible moment when you just realize utter defeat but if you are on the winning side of this it's awesome you just you're looking at it evaluating and you know you have two turns to victory and you know that they can't get there in two turns you can see what pieces they have left the moves that they have available to them and you can just see them like the wheels in their head turning trying to figure out a way to postpone to try and set up a stronger front and man it's uh it's a powerful moment when it's just like no i know i've got this unless they can figure out something crazy that i can't see my number eight is in mystic veil mystic veil is one of the most ingenious deck builders i've ever seen it's also a card building system where you have sleeves and you're sliding transparent cards into these sleeves to build um, really good combinations in Mystic Veil, there are cards that are called Guardians, and they have these little helmet symbols on them. Now, these Guardians are kind of your big synergy effects. So if you can get several Guardians piled up on the same card, when that card comes out, there are pretty epic effects. So what I love about Mystic Veil is 
you don't have all of the cards available for crafting in front of you at all times. It requires that it's in your field and then you have to have the card available to you at the same time. It leads to so many different epic combinations and just variety in gameplay. There's generally a moment when your card comes up that gives you a good payoff for having guardians, and then there's also one or two guardians that you can purchase in the supply at the same time. Beautiful combination, it just all lines up, and you just know next time that card comes up, you get this awesome benefit. It's a great moment in Mystic Veil, and it happens probably at least once every game where you can just line up that you just have this beautiful and perfect card that you've assembled. My ninth is Everdell. One of the more simple things as far as games go, once you pull out Everdell and you get everything set up, which is no small feat in and of itself, but the berries. The berries are molded out of what I believe is a soft PVC and just the first time handling those berries every time I play the game is so satisfying. They're slightly squishy, they're a matte texture, and they just kind of bounce. They make this soft plunking sound as they like roll over each other. Handling those berries for the first time every game is just, it's sublime. <laughs> I love it. A really ridiculous one, but let me just take a little aside here before I go on to my last one. That's what these little love moments are about, right? It may seem silly to identify something so small about a board game that just brings an immense level of satisfaction and joy to you, but that's what it's all about, is not discriminating those moments. If you say like, no, that's stupid, that's like a small moment, it doesn't matter. It's all of these small moments that are building up this valuable experience to you. So. No matter how small the moment is, if you think, I love that, take note of it and enjoy it. Relish in that moment. Sometimes these moments can also be things that are bad for you in like the gameplay sense. When somebody pulls a quick one on me that I just did not see coming in a game, I love that moment where I'm just dumbfounded thinking, wow, that worked? That worked for you? It's just, oh man. It's solid and it's a good experience. So anyway, whether you're making a love list or whether you're identifying things that you love about board games, don't discriminate the small things because there's no, I think that's what I love about lists. It's just, they're endless. You can literally just keep going and they there can be just no end to them, which may sound really daunting for some people, but to me, it just means that I can put down everything. I can put down the feel of the berries in my hands in Everdell. I can put down the finish of the cards in whatever game. I can put down the artwork of a very specific card. And when it comes up, it's just like, yeah, that's good artwork. So don't discriminate the small things in board games. Embrace them, enjoy them, and just let them sink in. Anyway, my last one, and... I forgot to say at the beginning, these are in no kind of order. I just listed them as I thought of them. And I hope to do a second edition where, um, as, as long as this gets a uh, decent support, but um, I would love to do a second edition with 10 more and just keep this list going where I can identify um, some other things. And I, I feel very strongly that lists should never be um, in order, um, unless it's obviously like a top 10 list or whatever. 
then sure, do an order. But it just keeps you from adding to it. If you're constantly worried about like, huh, but this one, there's probably something above this one. And then you start discriminating and not writing things down. And the nice thing about lists and what I encourage you to do is just write down anything and everything. If you want to rearrange it later, you can. Anyway, sorry. I know you're super anxious to hear my last one. Number 10 is in Welcome To. If you know Welcome To, it's a flip and write game. So you flip cards and you write and you write in numbers into different cities. It's city planning. You're increasing values of properties with realtors and pools and parks and all of this. And very simple game. Um, but the way the game goes is the numbers that are farther out on the spectrum, so 1s and 15s, are kind of difficult to get, whereas 7s and 8s are really easy to get. They just occur more often in the decks. So there's a moment when it's very common that you pull a 1 or a 15 that is just not really great for you, but you have to take the 1 or 15 because you know that later on, you may not have the option. But there's also every once in a while that what you really need is a park and what you flip is a 15 paired with a park. And it's the most beautiful moment where it's like, not only am I getting a 15, but I'm getting something that I'm actually going for, which is the parks. And it's just a great moment when number lines up with exactly what you need as far as the benefit that you write in. So by the time I edit this down, it's probably going to be around 15 to 20 minutes. And I think that's a great length. Uh, hopefully you've enjoyed reminiscing about some of these beautiful moments in board games. Hopefully there are some that you also identify with because that is one of the beauties of board games is the shared experience that I, having no knowledge who you are, <laughs> can list these experiences and you can also bring those to memory. And Although we may be separated by geography or other barriers, we can connect over these shared experiences. And board games bring us closer together as people, as humanity. We can. There's too often too little things that can really connect us because of lack of shared experience. So I'm grateful for board games, the opportunity that they give me to connect to people like you. If you want to find out more about me, I'm uh, McKay Anderson. I'm on most social media platforms as the board game critic. Make sure you also follow Evan. He has a YouTube channel called Being Friends, and he's on Instagram as Being Friends Official. We really appreciate connecting with you. So if you listen to this and you like it, we would love for you to reach out, DM us, and let us know that you listened and that it that you identified with some part of it. It's the reason we keep doing this. We enjoy talking to each other about board games, which is how this got started. But if we can somehow make your life better, that will keep us going. So please do that. Um, and I look forward to talking to you again next time. Hopefully Evan will be back with me. And thank you so much for your time.